0: The following is a sponsored program paid for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves featuring Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Good Money Moves here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I am joined, of course, this morning. I'm Andy Brownell by Jenna Tobel with... First Alliance Credit Union. Good morning, Jenna. Morning, Andy. Okay. So, last week we talked on Good Money Moves about the options available for saving and paying for college to avoid student loans. What Mm -hmm. are we going to cover today?
2: Well, we're going to kind of continue our conversation about paying for college, but today we're going to dive into that debt side of things and those student loans. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like I mentioned uh, in last week's episode, um, there's kind of a low likelihood that you'll not have to rely on some form of student loan to fund at least part of your college education. Most people do end up needing to rely on that to get it.
1: That'd be a pretty amazing event
2: yeah doesn't happen very often it does happen but not as not as often as it would be nice if it was happening we'll put it that way Um, but just because you are probably going to have to rely on student loans um, doesn't mean you should go into using student loans blindly Um, so not enough students and parents for that matter really understand how they really work or the effect that they can have on your future goals and plans and part of that um, misunderstanding of how this stuff works is has contributed to the currently one point six trillion dollars in student loan debt that is out wow. in the u s right now, and that 's pretty recent data, so it 's a lot of money um. And when you're about to, you know, graduate from high school, it can really feel like everyone wants you to continue your education, but nobody can really tell you the best way to pay for it. And so a lot of students do turn to student loans that maybe aren't the best option for them, or they didn't explore some of those other things like grants or scholarships that we talked about last week. Um, and, And really, it's just kind of expected that if you want to go to college, you're going to have to take out a massive loan or two in order to pay and afford that diploma. But... Again, there's other ways to do it. And you, just because you have to take out a student loan doesn't mean you can't make smart choices about those loans in the right. pro- process. I suspect so.
1: there are more than a few people listening right now who have some regrets about the way they went into this.
2: Yeah. I know a handful of them myself, (laughs) so I think we all do. Um, But yeah, I mean, student loans are very common and oftentimes a very necessary way to cover the cost of college. So um, in 2019, about 70% of college students took out student loans, and they graduated with an average debt of around $29,900, so just around $30,000 in debt.
1: That's just for your run-of-the-mill undergrad. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep
2: um so again you know we we student loans um can be a little bit of a controversial topic these days but they do make it possible for many people to attend college which really does open up a lot of doors and opportunities for years to come it can be Um,
1: well worth it if you have the right program yeah
2: right exactly um so it really just comes down to knowing how to use them appropriately to avoid getting into more debt than you can need to take on or realistically can pay back, because um, ultimately they should help you get ahead in life and not hold you
1: back. Yep. Um, I remember our past discussions uh, about good, bad, uh, good debt, bad debt, mm-hmm. and definitely this could fall under the category of good debt if done mm-hmm. correctly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: As always, knowledge is power, right? Yes. Okay. Let's go back to the very basics then. What is a student loan?
2: Yeah. So that's a that's a great point. Let's just define that for everybody to make sure that everyone understands what we're talking about here. So a student loan is a type of loan designed specifically to help students pay for post-secondary education costs, such as tuition, books, um, supplies. A lot of times, uh, living expenses get lumped into that. Um,
1: Spring break. Yeah no I'm joking
2: <laughs> <laughs> no don't use it for <laughs> spring break i'll tell you that right now <laughs> um and so the loan obviously is going to have to be paid back at a later time and along with that you know the interest builds up over time just like any other loan right Um, and student loans, it's important to understand are different from scholarships and grants, which we talked all about last week. So loans have to be paid back unless you're one of those very lucky few people who somehow gets your student loans forgiven, but that is a very rare situation. Um, you know, those scholarships and grants on the other hand don't have to be paid back. That's the quote unquote free money you're getting, right? Right. Um, so if you apply for financial aid, your school will likely include, both grants and student loans as part of your financial aid package if you depending on what you qualify for and so this is where it gets really important and I mentioned this last week too. understand what is being offered to you as a grant and what's being offered to you as a student loan take the grants first then look at the student loan Part portion of the package, and you have to really make sure that you understand what types of loans you're being offered. Um, So generally, there's two types of student loans. Um, There's federal and then private student loans, and those federal ones are the ones that are going to come in as part of that financial aid package. Um, And it's always really advisable to utilize, like I mentioned, the grants first before you resort to borrowing, if you do need to borrow money to pay for college, it's best to start with those federal student loans before turning to private student loans.
1: And there, if my memory serves me correct, when my children were going through this, there's even uh, two different types of federal loans. There yes. Are the federal loans that have deferred interest and the loans that have accrued interest, meaning that the interest accrues while you're in school. And the yeah. other one is... The interest doesn't start racking up until you graduate or finish school.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and we'll and um, you're
1: gonna be part of that discussion later, huh?
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, we can jump into that now if you want.
1: No, no, no. I just popped in my head because I remember having to go. No, you want to do this one, not want that one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, um, okay, I guess maybe let's talk about to start with the loan process the difference overall between the federal loans and the private loans
2: yeah so like i mentioned there's really two types of loans those federal and those private and then there's two main types of lenders that provide those different loans for students so the u.s government and financial institutions like banks and credit unions right so those federal loans are the ones made by the u.s government and like I mentioned earlier, it's a good idea to take out those federal loans first because these loans are typically less expensive. They usually come with more benefits than the loans that you're going to get from a private lender. So, um, you know, some of those advantages of those federal student loans are fixed interest rates and lower interest rates comparatively to those private loans. Um, the ability to borrow money without a co-signer right if you're a if you're a high school student you probably don't just entering college you probably (laughs) don't have a very good credit history but that's okay because you don't it's not required of you with a federal student loan to have a strong credit history or even any credit history in a lot of cases um so with federal loans you have a six month grace period after you complete school before you have to start repaying those loans
1: Get a job, right?
2: Yep, it you time to find that job and start bringing in that income that, that hopefully that degree provided to you. Um, but then there's also, you know, flexible repayment plans that come with federal student loans, like income-driven repayment and extended repayments if for some reason you can't find that job within that six months. Um, and there's also the possibility that some of your loans can be forgiven if you can't repay them or if you work in certain professions like teaching and public service. Sometimes there are special programs you can qualify for um, if you have degrees in those areas. But again, it's not common.
1: Yeah, and otherwise, other than those specialized programs like public health Mm -hmm. um, situations where you're going off to do some sort of service, usually it's something really bad happened to you that allowed it to be forgiven.
2: Yeah. Which you really don't want to go down that road. (laughs) No.
1: Okay. Uh, We're talking about student loans this week on good money moves and right now the differences between the private loans and those that are offered by the federal government we will continue with that when we come back on news talk 1340 kROC am and 96.9
0: fm good money moves continues in moments with andy Brownell and jenna tobble from first alliance credit union this is news talk 1340 kROC am and 96.9 fm talking good money moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tabel from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to
1: Good Money Moves, Student Loans the topic today. We've been talking with Jenna Tabel about the differences between the federal government loans and the private loans. hmm. So I guess now we'll go back to what I kind of mentioned earlier the differences between the different types of federal loans,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's really, um, I, I mean, there's more than this, but there's really three main types of federal student loans. Um, and, they, and you kind of alluded to these earlier. So there's the direct subsidized loans. Um, and these are for undergraduate students only. So uh, Just to clarify what that means for people, undergraduate would mean that you're working towards um, like a bachelor's degree or lower. So something like an associate's degree or bachelor's degree, that's when you can qualify for this. So, um, and these loans are provided based on economic need of the student. Um, So they do look at your financial situation when putting these packages together. So when you fill out that FAFSA that I mentioned earlier, they ask you for all kinds of documentation um, and to help determine whether or not you qualify for this type of loan. So the nice thing about this loan, and if you have, if you qualify for it and take this loan first, um, so the government pays the interest on this until the time comes to start paying those loans back. So they kind of defer that interest. So once the student, you know, leaves school or maybe drops below a certain number of class hours, there's still that six month grace period before that interest kicks back into the loan
1: that's sweet because you're you're talking about four years here if you took out a loan the first Mm -hmm. year yeah but Mm -hmm. you're not racking up interest
2: exactly and that so on the flip side of that is the direct unsubsidized loan so that's the difference between them one is subsidized that the government is is paying that interest the unsubsidized loan they are not paying the interest. And that's kind of the the key difference there. Um, But also a couple other differences between the two. So for the unsubsidized federal student loans, um, you can be an undergraduate or a graduate student and qualify for this. So a graduate student would be those who are working towards like a master's degree or above a doctorate, you know. Um, So the um, number of students that can qualify for this is a little bit bigger base. These are not based on your economic situation. So pretty much everybody can qualify for these. Um, You don't have to make payments on these loans while you're in school. And there's still that six month grace period built in for once you finish school or fall below that certain number of class hours. Um, But, and this is again where they're different, the interest on the loan still accrues during yep. your school and during that grace period so you will need to pay it, it's recommended that you make interest only payments during this time um because interest on the loan starts building up as soon as the funds are dispersed to the school
1: and so, then compounding against you if you don't make those interest payments
2: exactly yeah so if you choose not to pay the interest while you're in school and during the, any other grace periods you may qualify for your interest will accrue and then be capitalized meaning that your interest will be added to the principal pull amount of your loan so that twenty thousand dollar loan you took out could easily become a thirty thousand dollar loan by the time you're ready to start making those payments because that interest is accruing so this is where a lot of people get themselves in trouble because they think their loan is going to be x amount they don't they think oh i'll just defer making those interest payments no big deal and then they end up with a loan considerably larger than they anticipated when they graduate school. Yep. So, (laughs)
1: yeah. I know uh, folks that's happened to them. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Um, And so just a couple of quick things to point out about these two types of loans. So for undergraduates, the maximum amount you can borrow um, each year for the unsubsidized (laughs) unsubsidized loans or the subsidized loans ranges between 5500 up to 12500 a year and that range is dependent what you'll qualify for it really depends upon what year you are in school and your dependency status and you know all these other factors that play into that so there's Almost a range the that you'll the costs
1: yeah as well yep, as factored in yeah.
2: exactly um, so if you're a graduate or a professional student so working towards that master's degree or above like i mentioned before you can borrow up to 20500 a year with those unsubsidized loans so that it bumps up a little bit because typically those types of programs
1: tend to cost more so there's a a third type as well
2: there is a third type so the the third type um is called a, a direct plus loan and there's a couple different types of these loans but these are the types of federal student loans that your parents Can take out for their dependent students Um, these are also available to graduate students that they can take them out for themselves but these plus loans aren't subsidized so interest will start accruing as soon as the loan is fully dispersed Um, and the repayment typically starts 60 days after the start of the school year however i want to say it was maybe back in 2008 don't quote me on that year but they offered a, a program where you can start deferring those payments up to six months after graduation. Hmm. However, that interest still continues to sure. accrue, just like the unsubsidized. So it's just uh, this is the option where parents can sign on to that loan to help you qualify for maybe a little bit more um, coverage, or you know maybe you've exhausted the the other unsubsidized loans and now you need to take out a new type. Well, that's where this kind of comes in. So now, in order to receive either unsubsidized or subsidized federal student loans you have to apply each year by filling out the free application for federal student aid or fafsa when i mentioned this earlier too but i'll just kind of reiterate because this is really important that people understand how this works so the fafsa is used to determine your federal grant and loan eligibility so anyone going to college needs to fill this out every year every single year do not skip it (laughs) Um, so what happens is you fill out this form you turn in all the paperwork required for it and then your school of choice will determine what your final financial aid package is based on all the different factors they take into consideration and then they send it back to you this this letter of telling you what you've qualified for and it's up to you to determine what you're going to take advantage of and not take advantage of so there's a process that you have to go through now those direct PLUS loans, on the other hand, those are going to require a separate application from the FAFSA and a credit check, um, but they are still federally funded loans, and they are still going to be a better option than taking on a private okay. loan. Um, those those PLUS loans can really help pay for those education expenses after your other financial aid options have been exhausted.
1: All right, we're talking student loans today on Good Money Moves with Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union, Um, we have yet to cover private loans, and we'll do that when we come back. On News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
0: Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking Good Money Moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome
1: back to Good Money Moves. Jenna Tobble with First Alliance Credit Union this morning talking about student loans. We went through the federal loan options. What are you going to tell us about the private loans? other yeah. than avoid them <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah avoid them if you can so uh private student loans are the loans that come from a private lender like i mentioned before a bank a credit union state loan agency or other financial institution that may offer student loans so these do come with fixed or variable interest rates they like i said there's many options out there then in, in each lender is going to provide different um, terms and conditions with the loan so typically um These will require a student borrower to have a co-signer, such as a parent. Um, The interest isn't subsidized, so as soon as you borrow the money, the loan will begin accruing interest, just like with the unsubsidized federal loans, so there's no difference there. Um, But again, I just really, really need to drive home the point that this means that your loan balance is going to sit there and quietly grow if you choose not to make your student loan, not to pay your student loans until after graduation. So making small or interest only payments while you're in school can keep your loan balance from ballooning and really save you a lot of money in the long run. And I cannot stress that enough because it is so easy to think in the short term when it comes to this stuff and go, oh, well, I'm a college student. I don't have any money. I'm just going to push this payment off until later because I can not realizing how big of an impact that can make for you. So
1: thousands of dollars.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, So like I mentioned, the the details of private student loans are going to vary from lender to lender so you need to pay really close attention to the options that you're qualifying for with private student loans Um, you know there's some student loans private student loans um, offer grace periods some of them don't there's no standard across the private student loan industry for that so you have to ask questions about that some of them offer six months some of them offer nine months what does that mean for you you know and remember just because you're not making payments doesn't mean that interest isn't accruing. And so you pay really close attention to that interest rate because those are going to be drastically different between lenders as well. Um, And typically, you know, the maximum amount you can borrow from a private lender varies as well. Again, based on your credit score, based on your parents' financial situation, if they're a cosigner for you. Um, But typically, most lenders are not going to let you borrow more than your college's cost of attendance, minus any other financial aid you might have qualified for already.
1: So they're going to look at the FAFSA, too?
2: Yeah, they will look at that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So, So... if you do go with the private loan option, mm-hmm. will that help you establish a credit rating while you're in school or will this not help?
2: Y- it can. Yep, it sure can. The it's <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, yeah, if you're making the payments, if if the lender is going to report your student loan activity to a credit bureau, it will absolutely affect your credit score.
1: Okay, I was so just trying to find a, any yeah. advantage there. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay, but yeah, if you don't pay it, obviously it's going to have the exact opposite effect and you're going to crater your credit score before you even get done with college.
2: Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm.
1: um, the other one, uh, since your parents in most situations are going to be asked to co-sign on this thing, Mm -hmm. would it be advantageous for you as the student to perhaps ask your parents to actually obtain the loan? I mean, technically they're on the hook for it anyway
2: yeah i mean it it could be it it, it's really kind of a personal decision you know having that more qualified borrower on there can help with interest rates a lot of times or terms that you might be offered so yeah yep and there's a reason that they want a co-signer on those private (laughs) private loans so
1: the disadvantage is you wouldn't be able to obtain the credit score that you might have if Mm -hmm. you ran it through your parents and use whatever mm-hmm. means they might have
2: yeah i wouldn't really you know I, I wouldn't really rely and this is just jenna talking okay. <laughs> so i wouldn't really rely on your student loans to um to be your credit score building tool no, no, i would no, rely no. on something <laughs> um something else like no, a, I, a a low interest credit card or something to help you establish a positive card I agree
1: history. with you 100%. I, I was just curious myself as to how yeah. that would work. Yeah. Okay, my brain is hurting already from all the things <laughs> we talked about. And it brought me back to the years past where I was dealing with this sort of thing for my children. Um, how can people learn more? Because there has to be a ton more that we haven't even touched on. Um, making good decisions concerning student loan debt
2: yeah well you know just like with any other loan it really comes down to being a responsible borrower Um, so before you take out that loan whether it's a federal or a private just make sure you understand that a loan is a legal obligation that makes you responsible for repaying the amount you borrow plus interest so just making sure you you truly do before you sign on the dotted line understand what you're getting yourself into and how how it works make sure you understand how that interest is going to accrue and when and who you need to make your payments to or you know how much how big is your loan going to be if you don't make those payments ask those questions um and you know take some time to do a little bit of research into your kind of future career and what your actual earnings will be because realistically your your student loan payments when you graduate should not be more than 10% of your future net income. So, if you're pl- if your salary, starting salary with a new job is going to be around 3000 a month, a 10% payment would be about $300 a month. So, you need to be very considerate of how much you're taking out and don't take out more than you need. Like we said before, don't use it for spring break. Right. Um, and really just Keep track of how much you're borrowing cumulatively to make sure that you don't run out of funds prior to your graduation and then have to turn to things like private student loans um those and those federal student loans do have borrowing limits lifetime borrowing limits built into them so and it can be a lot to keep track of because you know every semester maybe you're taking out a loan or you know every school year you're taking out more loans so you're going to have a a bunch of different loans sitting out there and it can get confusing but you do need to keep track of them
1: okay so uh as usual (laughs) i'm going to ask you for more resources Mm -hmm. beyond what we've already talked about yeah so where can i find them
2: yeah. Well, you can visit firstalliancecu dot com. That's our website. <laughs> we have <laughs> I, I point you there every every episode because it's a great place to start. So I use it. get yeah. Well, good. <laughs> um so we've got our blog out there i you know get subscribed to that so you can get the newest financial tips and advice that we put out there every week right into your email inbox um you can go listen to the past episodes of this show at com slash podcast or on krocnews.com you can also get subscribed to good money moves on apple google spotify and tune in podcasting services Plus, we have a plethora of free financial tools like budgeting calculators, goal-setting worksheets, debt consolidation calculators um, online that can help you make some smart choices when it comes to managing your money while you're in college or whether you're out of college and trying to figure out how you're gonna afford to pay back these loans. We've got lots of options for you.
1: Fantastic. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, I strongly encourage everyone to meet with our advisors at First Alliance Credit Union and we can help you get pointed in the right financial direction.
1: Yep, a nice smiling face to help guide you through these uh, these issues. That's absolutely a perfect way to do it. All right, Jenna, thanks so much. You're welcome. And we'll chat again next week as we have absolutely. another good money move or moves. On News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.